0: Pioneers. A hundred years ago, the pioneers pushed away.
1: Like I was saying, I normally plug people with newsletters. So for James Clear, for example, he's, is, he gives you three ideas that he comes up with, uh, mm. two quotes from other people, and then one question for you to consider. So he calls it like the 3-2-1 newsletter. So mm. I think it's so interesting because it varies from different things such as could be productivity how to deal with conflict, um, motivation. And funny enough, we're going to get into that much, much later. I never told you like what you should prepare on. And that was very deliberate. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I think most times I like it that way, because if you prepare, then I feel like it's never going to be the same like I I want your raw input just like on the spot because I think it brings out who you are very very you know clearly to the audience and everything yeah man um I guess we should we should get started right (laughs) yeah let's go (laughs) all right hello my people this is episode four of On My Ones podcast, season two. My name is Alvin Thuo, and as always, I will be your host. So, ladies and gentlemen, today is a, is a Sunday. It's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the incredible fathers out there. Please, everyone, reach out to your fathers and just, you know, wish them something nice um but as always I'd like to start by thanking you all for always tuning in and always giving me feedback and I really appreciate it you know I just realized that the beautiful thing with podcasts is you can always start from anywhere you know someone might like catch up to you in season three for example but they can always go back to season one and see like how far you've come from, and let's say you know just see how everything's been developing. But you know, for me, I'd like to thank you all for for tuning in. Ah, so I decided also that I should I shall be sharing my I guess like a life update of what I've been doing because I figured that I need to add more personality to <laughs> to the podcast. So currently still working at um the plasma lab um it's i think it's a very interesting uh interesting job in in that like there are so many people you can work with like i work with mechanical engineers for example theoretical physicist i know the term like theoretical physicist would just be hard in like series like big bang theory and stuff like if you recall sheldon and i think leonard i mean it's it's a comedy but theoretical physicists are one of like the coolest people i've met because those guys know the i you know pardon my french their shit <laughs> um but it's it's going well um, another thing I've been slowly doing is working on music theory and currently I finish like the I'd love to call it like the fast phase which is just you know the basics of chord structure so triads for those who you know know guitar and stuff um, and now I'm currently doing Uh, extensions, chord extensions, and the first extension is adding the seventh note of a scale to the chord. Um, Yeah, I think other than that, just been enjoying life. (laughs) Um, I went for a jazz concert yesterday, so that's um, 19th of June, and in America, 19th of June is known as Juneteen. Juneteen. and it's just a celebration of the emancipation of slavery from the confederation, Mm -hmm. so that's uh, a bit of history for you guys, Um, but it was amazing. Um, The the main act of the concert was Marquis Hill, and he's a I don't know, he plays a trumpet, (laughs) Um, but his band was amazing as well. You had um, someone on the percussions, the bongos, and the wind chimes, and, you know, it's just a very lovely, lovely vibe. Um, But I have other news for you guys as well. Um, I'm going to be starting mini-episodes very, very soon. Um, I hope to do it when I'm not recording, like, the main... I guess season of the the, of the podcast and it's just going to be a fun type of thing uh very short half an hour at most but you know ranging from different topics um I don't want to I don't want to give you too much insight into it until you know we actually get started but I'm excited for it and you'll be hearing from me very very soon but enough about my (laughs) my life. (laughs) ah today i am i'm joined by an incredible friend a very down-to-earth person i feel like he he's had an incredible journey um one i think that i would love to hear about and to learn more about his journey um he's very people-oriented um very sophisticated in his dressing he once tried to get me to wear suits every single time he even gave me his um tailor's number I forget the name of the street in town where but I remember he showed me the spot I don't know if he remembers it himself maybe he does maybe he doesn't (laughs) (laughs) but I'd like him to introduce himself properly and tell us who he is and what he does and yeah we can we'll get started after that so karibu sana uh, feel free to, to talk. Thanks, for that, Alvin.
2: Um, and, you know, guys, as you hear all the amazing things that's going on in Alvin's life, it, he's always been that way, you know? He's <laughs> so always juggling multiple things and just being incredible. <laughs> so pretty cool to hear about Music Theory and, and Juneteenth, which is now a recognized holiday, right, by Biden, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know me, hi, my name is Jesse Forrester. Um, I am a human and a nerd and <laughs> uh, multiple things. I'm a farmer as well, I'm a business guy, and I really just enjoy living a really meaningful life. Um, and one where I am actively making choices that speak to who I am as a person. Um, I always struggle at intros, because there's just so much to say and so much not to say. <laughs> you want to keep it relevant for whichever audience you're addressing. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. I, you know, Alvin's um, friend, we've been friends, with, with friends for a while. Yes, you know, I, at the time, I, I really wanted to get him in the suits. <laughs> uh, my my tailor is AJ, and I think um, it wasn't the Shire Street. Um, but it was one of these really interesting streets in town that's next to the meat um, uh, city market it's next to mm-hmm. the market in town um, and I haven't seen my Taylor in a while so I, I need to hit up AJ <laughs> and get another cut and hopefully I'll be doing that with uh,
1: your boy when he comes back from Wisconsin yeah yeah Yo, you know, honestly, I think that dapper look is quite interesting. You know, I remember, funny enough, <laughs> the weird thing about Strath Uni is mm. it has different characters, like I keep saying, and you can tell. No, sometimes actually you can't tell what cost someone's taking by what they're wearing. Because <laughs> um, I remember I used to yeah. see mostly lawyers would be wearing suits because obviously right. they're going to court or they're having, mm-hmm. I don't know, they call it like mood court. But I think it's such a clean look. And shout out to my boy, Edmund. I remember Edmund, all the time, Edmund used to wear suits and carry, <laughs> carrying a briefcase, even Arnold.
0: Like, oh, and I
1: used to just be like, "Wow!" I'm not going to lie. I wish I could also wear a suit and just come mm-hmm. to school looking clean and sharp. Right. You know. <laughs> but, I know what you mean,
2: man. Oh, I, you know,
1: I, like mm. I don't know your sentiments, but I feel like dressing is very important. It says a lot about who you are. Even though people are like, mm. "No, you know my dress, my choice, whatever, whatever." But you know, there's something my mom once told me. Like, I don't know if it was like dress, like how you want to be addressed. I know it sounds mm. cheesy, but she told me <laughs> something like that, and I was like, now. You know, but anyway, yeah. sorry for interrupting you. Uh,
0: go, <laughs>
1: I think you wanted to say something.
2: No, I think I think um, it's an interesting sentiment, right? Like how someone dresses is basically an expression of who they are. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you, I don't know if you, this is like cliche. Whenever um, a lady has maybe like a breakup or there's something going on in her life, she always changes her hair, right? There's like this ah. common stereotype. Um, and I, I you know, I think about it for a minute and I'm like, wow, I haven't really considered um what that looks like. But you know, there's a way like art students dress, you know, kind of like stereotypically, as you said, lawyers always wear the suits and, and looking clean. Um and I, I actually have found that because of how I do or wear or work, um, I'm not actually able to wear suits on a daily. Uh, <laughs> so it's a bit tough to to do that. You're like hustling across Nairobi. So I haven't actually had the chance to wear suits as much and I'm really starting to like more like casual wear um, mm-hmm. and, and getting into it because I realize I've got like two pairs of jeans <laughs> and I just, you know, need to, to, to change that. Um, and so for me, it's it's, it's interesting now that I am being kind of forced to reevaluate how I dress um, mm-hmm. to also like, a, you know, not look like a stuck-up guy you know, talking to our customers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, like more relatable,
1: you know. Now that you mentioned jeans, I don't own a pair of jeans, I'll be so honest. I zero? don't, zero. Oh, not, uh, <laughs> I know people say it's an essential, but I think the last time I wore jeans was um, days for skinny jeans back in either Ali, Ali high school, maybe foam. Two at most was the last time I wore jeans. Man. Oof. So I have no that's idea how I'd look in jeans.
2: <laughs> but my boy's been uh, hitting the gym
1: though, you know. We've we'll been seeing you out. Ah, come on, man. <laughs> ah light <laughs> work. That's light work. That's light work, That's light work. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> it's part of the routine. <laughs> part of the routine. It's just wake up, crack some iron. <laughs> Sleep, repeat. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and I actually, I've not been doing it in the morning. I stopped doing that. Um, mm. There's a bit of weird research that goes into, I don't know, doing workouts in a fasted state. Is a, mm. I mean, it's a bit detrimental, kinda, depending on what time you eat after your workout. Because if you take a bit of time to eat, it, I think it should be immediate. Because, um. There's something like your body has depleted your glycogen storage and everything, and now you need to, like, get it back up. But anyway, I don't want to be too scientific today. (laughs) Um, Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, normally I tell people how we we met, um, and obviously, I recall that we... I feel like we met in primary because you're in Kilimani Junior and I had mm-hmm. friends from Kilimani Junior, but I still, I I, I don't feel like that mem- memory is quite distinct. So I think mm. we did meet in high school then, if I, I can say that, like officially we right. met in high school. So Jesse and I have been in the same class for, I guess, four years. <laughs> right, um, right, yeah. I don't know how we started talking. That's just the part that I I can't remember. But do you do you recall like how we started talking?
2: Yeah. Uh, so we were going, we used to go in the same bus. Uh, mm. I think back someone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then Alvin kind of comes up to you and says, Hey man, you look like a cool guy. Um, <laughs> you know, totally, totally honest recounting of events, right? So he's like, hey, you're like a cool guy. <laughs> Uh, And, you know, hey, let's let's be friends. And I thought, yeah, this this is a really solid dude. And if you know Alvin, you know, that he has this uh, particular aura, um, that he's really like chummy with everyone and everyone just, you know, loves Alvin. Um, And it's something I've always admired about the guy. So I think that's how exactly we really got to talking. Um, And then, you know, just going home in the bus every afternoon after school, going home, was a really interesting way for us to how we really got started and now how our friendship really began back yeah. and forward, I believe, yeah. And then you stopped taking the bus, <laughs> or something happened. I don't quite remember. I, I <laughs> Did I move? Moved. <laughs> I moved. You yeah, moved. yeah, I moved. I moved, man. Yeah, but it was it was really cool. Um, and it was a really solid time beyond just being in class. Um, shout out to A. Um, the a-, a stream at Strathmore. If you're <laughs> listening and you're from A, you're a solid one. Alpha, yeah. But you know. <laughs> I, I, I still yeah. have to
1: give some love to my Alpha brothers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still Stop, guys. guys. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a good time. Um, you know, have you ever um realized that you're the one who got me into psychological thrillers? Because I remember you telling me about Inception and Inception. Till date is one of my top five movies. I've watched it probably three or four times and I still enjoy it. Even though I know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Although the ending, the ending is the only thing that I'm still a bit 50-50 about. Right. I don't I'm not gonna I don't wanna spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but please, please watch Inception, a fantastic movie. You can never go wrong uh with christopher nolan movies mm-hmm. oh and i'll tell you for sure he's an incredible director lovely dude you know and um that's interesting
2: because uh, inception was just mind-blowing right
0: and if yeah, you watched
2: I... um tenet uh i haven't watched... oh man ah, I'm not sure it's really inter... there's like conflicting feelings about it but i really really enjoy that film um oh. And I don't want to spoil it as well, but it's just like it's just amazing. Um, and you know, I realize you've got this kind of trend in in life and entropy, right? Um, uh, all systems eventually push towards chaos. Um, and you know, in physics, there's a difference um, between entropy and chaos for sure. But uh, for sake of discussion, and say they're the same thing. And I realize they say you know, as you look at Inception, as you look at, and as you look at life, we are always fighting against entropy, right? because the natural state of things is disorder. Um, and so I think those movies captured really well in this, like sci-fi meets action meets science. It's just like three. I love it, man. Uh, <laughs> and I'm happy it's one of your, your favorite movies, because for me still, like top Top four for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent
1: you know, weirdly enough, you mentioned so many things and I just want to get into them because when you mentioned mm-hmm. disorder, the first thing that kicked into my mind is I remember we I told you about stoicism at some point. Mm-hmm. I can't, sh- I think that was like two years ago or mm-hmm. something like that. Mine, mm-hmm. but anyway, I'm 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 getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> So um to get started I like getting a feel of who you are so normally the first section is just really essentially about you and I think normally the first thing I like to know is about your childhood because I I feel like we've never really talked about it so you know please tell us about how where you grew up how was the setting like for you at that time and what can you let's say, remember from it, something that stood out for you?
2: Oh, um, yeah, we've never talked about it. Um, so uh, my childhood, I grew up mostly in a place called Santac.
0: Which, ah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
2: the, the red, it's where the telecom tour used to be, that building a stadium, now, God Road, right now. Yeah. Um, and I spent a good, solid... I think until I was in class eight, I believe, or form one. I lived up for that, that amount of time. And much childhood was super adventurous. Um, I remember we used to go every time one of my friends growing up had these bikes, and we would take like trips around um, Nairobi at like 10, 11. It's like a group of like 10 guys cycling across Kilimanjaro, And for us, I was such an adventure, man, you know? Um, or like races in the air stage of the bikes. And you'd get off and you'd feel like your legs aren't working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really cool. And uh, it was kind of like more of sleepy. Um, you know, the feeling you have on a su- Sunday afternoon, much like this one, it's just relaxed. And I always felt sleepy. Um, but I was also always interested in science. I've loved that Geo Wild for the longest time. Um, I am a snake enthusiast. I think that's an interesting thing about me. I don't like snakes. I mean, I wouldn't mm-hmm. touch one or they keep one as a pet, um, <laughs> but I really love learning about them. Um, yeah. And I think my favorite snake species um, is in South America. Uh, and it's the, the longest venomous snake in South America. There's so few of them, but they're up to like about, you know, um, almost longer than two feet. No, longer than um, 12 feet, wow. which is super interesting, right? And, and they're, they're well found inside. I think so, yeah. It's pretty long. Um, let me see if I can just get the name for you. It's such a beautiful snake, because it just keeps its, it minds its business, he knows it's a bad bitch, and he's just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um So if if you're ever with me, um, and we're in South America, you know you've you've got me, you've got you've got a guide
1: at least, a guide who can't speak Spanish in South America. I feel like that was very really tragic. <laughs> well, we're definitely gonna learn,
2: you. <laughs> okay. It's okay. a bushmaster. There we go. Okay, bushmaster. It's um actually yeah, thirteen feet. Some extent. Yeah. thirteen feet, and it's uh, the longest, largest wolf, venomous snake in South America. Um, super rare to find, but just such a beautiful beast. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I've, I've, my childhood was was like super nerdy. Uh, I I loved gaming a lot. There's a time I was, you know, people used to bring their PS games for me to finish uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of like rpg uh, role-playing games or open world games adventure games um, sure. you know I, I can't hold my own at fifa i think we established that with alvin uh, <laughs> a very very um, unfriendly story of how I got completely decimated <laughs> when you're playing fifa at your place i don't know if you remember uh, Yo, and i keep telling guys alvin. i'm
1: good at fifa and they just i used to Keyword used to be good at FIFA, not anymore. Yeah, but... I did. You're good. You're good. You're good, oh, chicka that. <laughs> the glory days, the glory days. I call glory them. days, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and I, I I changed schools a lot. So I, I went to like three or four primary schools, um, and that was also super interesting for me just to get to meet different people. I was I was in Saints, and then I went to Kilimani, and then I ended up finishing in um more educational center.
1: I even forgot that, to be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really cool. Um, It was like such different vibes from all these different places.
0: It was so cool.
2: Yeah, man. And uh, I think the final thing I can say, is, I've always been interested in flipping stuff, you know? Uh, I had like a juice, like a, a lemonade stand version with like freeze ice and then sell that to people with like toothpicks and like you know, put the ice the ice cube with juice, put the toothpick inside, give people suck on that. Um and, and even like you know, kind of flip um information. <laughs> so you know, I would bar, barter in information and people would come to me in Kilimani and I would say, hey, you know, you wanna know this, you gotta give me this much. You wanna know this, you gotta give me this much. It was really interesting, it was like a bit of a, a spy organization that was going mm. on. Um you know, thinking, thinking back, it was, it was quite a scam, <laughs> but it was really fun to do. Ah, so, yeah, that, that was,
0: that was
2: mech.
1: People used to call it mech. <laughs> mech, man. I, I, I don't know why I forgot that you're in mech. Now is when I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, that's crazy. Because I think we might have actually gotten to talking about it in Form 1, about mm. mech and stuff. Because I had a couple of friends in, in mech shout out to Rujama my boy right yeah right. man so he I think <laughs> he's the one who introduced me to the mech the mech crew and everything well, funny enough yeah. a funny story um so I think in class eight <laughs> um I technically you know I wasn't really allowed to leave the house to go just you know meet up people and everything and I remember this day, Rujama was like, yo, let's go to Timor and, you know, meet a couple of my friends. So I mean, I'm excited because this is the first time I'm interacting with people who aren't in like my primary school. So I was like, I bet mine. So I remember, you know, I didn't even tell my, I think my mom was the one who was in the house that day. I didn't tell her. So I went to Timor and everything, you know, met up with his friends. You know, it was good and everything. Until I saw my dad in Timor, <laughs> Allah. <laughs> you know, that Allah. time you, you, look at, you look at him and you're like, mm. and he mm. looks at you and he says hi. You know, he, my dad's a very calm person if you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, says, hi, he, said, hi, he said hi to me nicely. He didn't even ask me like, you know, how's mom? Like Does she know you're here? And everything. Um, but I remember I got into so much trouble. Cause I guess eventually he asked my mom, like, Yo, do you know this guy is over here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: And then my mom, I think my mom got so pissed off and she was like, Ah, you know, you know how mothers make, make noise right. for lack of a right. better word. Right? But yeah, right. mine, I've it, it was a funny experience. But yeah, shout out to Gemma, just a small story time. Um, but I I guess you have a sister as well, right? So how is it like growing up with her?
2: You know, as as many siblings, we had a lot of sibling rivalry, right? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, until until we we realized we could talk to each other. Um, There's a lot of fighting. (laughs) But very quickly, uh, my sister and I developed a really great relationship um, it was just really built on respect. So a lot of people used to be like, oh, wow, I can't imagine how close you are to your sister. Yeah. Um, and I still am till this day, right? So we've had a few interesting adventures together. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, she's still one of my partners in crime. Uh, shout out to, to Shilu. Um, and yeah, it really was when Wayne, Wayne's Kill Your Money, was kind of like the person i was i was looking up to a lot um because you know she she was just well-rounded well she was like greater tennis was featured on the school newsletter super smart um sociable you know um, and yeah she's still all of those things uh, but i was i was actually quite an awkward um introverted guy right uh, and super shy um, super um, insecure about a bunch of stuff, and uh, she was just amazing, rocking it. So, yeah, I, I think just being with her was it's just amazing, and best sister. And I guess I could ask
1: for. It.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I've
1: only met your sister twice, and you- <laughs> I remember no, so I'm gonna say. <laughs> I I don't know why she told you this, but I think she described me to you saying that I walk like a penguin. (laughs) And I was like, what the... What? (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh. savage. Like, how how is your first impression of someone... uh, you know, they walk like a penguin by the way. Tell her I feel disrespected till date. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, she... <laughs> till date. that's disrespectful. Oh, tell her that. <laughs> Oh it's all jokes, though. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, I used to say Alvin nice used to waddle. Um, how, how true that is, I do not know, but uh. <laughs> It was funny when she said it. <laughs> how, how is you? I mean, definitely, you know, you've been away for a while, and every time you come back, you see your sister, just like grow. What's that mm-hmm. like for you? Because you're the you're the first one, right? Yeah, it's insane. I, I happen to just be the last one, so really interesting to from hear your take and, and with your sister.
1: Um, I think obviously you're away for, or rather I'm away for a couple of months, let's say 11 months. And mm. you come back and uh, you find that they're very like inquisitive. I think that's what I noticed the most the last I was home is that they were super inquisitive. And mm. it, I started realizing like kids pick up on really little things. And mm. I noticed that they could tell when I'm lying to them because at times I just, I don't know what to tell them. Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't know how to say it because I guess it's, it's not that it's, I mean, yes, it's beyond you. And I know you'll be like, why is he doing this? And then, you know, they'll start questioning and saying like, even me, I want to do this when I'm older and all mm. that kind of stuff. But yeah, they. I mean, I was looking at pictures of them as kids, um, couple of days ago and i was like they were so tiny mm. and now man she's already in class six Crazy. the other one's in i guess grade three <laughs> <laughs> and you're like how how because i yeah. remember them when they were so small and i think in my head sometimes i still think of them uh, like like them. as 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 being small but I mean, in two years, she's done with class eight or three years. Now she's in high school and you're like, wow. Wow. Like, where's the time going? And I I was thinking the other day, I felt like I was, or rather, I don't know if you share the same sentiments. Like in class six, I felt like we were old. I felt like we were living life. Right. But now I look (laughs) at my sister and I'm like, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) How how are we
1: really living life? (laughs) oh
2: man yeah man. i was i was at a party uh yesterday um
0: yeah.
2: you know i've been with these friends my whole life basically i've known them for over 20 years and i was talking to one of my friends shout out to jeff and he was like you know we're all we were always in a rush to grow up
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and now that we are here we We really want to go back to no responsibilities <laughs> like so true, right, as you say, classics we see, you know what I'm saying. It's like i I'm independent, I don't wanna hear nothing, and at that time, I don't even an answer, so it's just like you're getting to become this guy and and to see women and 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 girls and stuff, anyway just like, wow, um. I really feel like I want to become, you know, just my own person. Uh, mm. But now, when when you're here and you're looking back, it's like one, where the time go? And secondly, I do want to stay kind of like a kid for a longer time. And I'm not, I'm just just ready yet to
1: become a bazoo. One <laughs> well, to be honest, I would never go back in time. Oh no, never. I like I like currently where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe it's, I feel like I already have the freedom that Mm. I, I required or not that I required, but more or less like, I don't know, I guess freedom is earned. (laughs) Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I think I earned it. And obviously like it's different for, for a fast board. I think you're the one who will get your freedom early compared to other, like your other siblings, for example um and you're more or less like the person who sets the tone if you Mm -hmm. think about it because i mean if you're the if you're the type of fastborn who's irresponsible i guess your parents will be very cautious with your siblings but if you're responsible they'll be like okay you know maybe you know your other siblings can also turn out the same way but i mean we all have different personalities and everything so that, I guess that would play a role, but, you know, chugging along. Um, I'd, I'd like you to talk about like your, your journey, talk about Marzi, what's Marzi, tell people what Marzi is about. But before you even start, the first time, I don't know if you recall this, Marzi mm-hmm. was a photography group that you had formed. Um in 2017 and i remember this because we went to karura and (laughs) we i think you're given a time limit with the bikes two hours at most and we ended up um stopping a lot to take pictures and came back towards the end of the day and he was so pissed he wanted (laughs) each of us to pay a thousand for the bikes because we i guess yeah we stayed I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, we turned yeah, them at the, the wrong it. time. Exactly. Yeah. But looking back, I feel like we never shared the same vision you had. I think you thought about it in an entirely different way than we did. So as we were the guys for like vibes and inshallah, just you know, like taking <laughs> pictures, that's cool, whatever, whatever. But anyway, I just wanted to jog your memory a bit, but yeah, man.
2: Well, wow. um, no, I think that that is exactly what it is. Mazi did start out as a photography collective, um, and you know, for me, I, I, I had like I, I mean, I got like friends, Alvin for sure, um, Andrew, and why shall to him, um, and we were about like eight people. And my whole like idea with this was, hey, let's take pictures of the environment and let's like create like a you know awareness campaign about pollution and stuff like
0: that
2: mm-hmm. um and you know for me in 2017 i was just really getting into grips with who i was because i i asked i don't know if it's really standard for everyone but um in high school i had a lot of existential crises crises, for real? crises? yeah a ton i'm because everyone, you know, there's this expectation you're always supposed to know what you're supposed to be. Um, and, you know, after high school, you know how it's going to go. And everyone in Strath, well, like 90 something percent of people who finish Strath become engineers, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Alvin. Um, and for me, you know, I, I like science. As I said, I grew up nerdy. I didn't know if I wanted to be an engineer. So I'd spend a bunch of time with DD and Orina and just ask them these questions. Like, how do I know what my purpose is? What to, how do I know what, we, what I want to become? Um, and then that was around the same time when Alvin now translated from Form 4, when Alvin got a camera. Um, and we started going for these IG meetups. right? I started getting into photography. And I remember this guy had like one of his photos. Was it featured on Moodygrams or? You know, something of a game of portraits one of those like
1: nah bro i I didn't do i I didn't do portraits that was walter man shout out to my juma
2: it was shout out to my juma but it was you were featured on one of these major um like IG. yeah yeah i the the picture with uh on gong hills that's like yellowish
1: oh no that wasn't actually gong hills that was um it's called torres Ciudad, so it's in Spain. Um, right yeah yeah so i think it was minimal future. kenya or something it, it wasn't it was more than or... minimal
2: it was a huge huge freaking page and oh, i don't wow. remember mine it was, it was to me it was, it was, i was so happy for you. um and so yeah you know i thought hey we can also use photography as, as a force for good in the world um but i never saw it from our point of view. And, and it's interesting because right now, Mazi is um, an electric vehicle um, business. And you ask yourself, how do you move from like a photography collective to an electric vehicle business? Um, and so it, it ties into what was going on in my life. Uh, I really wanted to add something to the world, but I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And I was just like shopping around, trying, playing around with different ideas to make that into a reality. And so when I brought you guys along, that's what I was aiming to do with the photography. Um, you know, I went to LA at that leadership academy after that, and learned a lot more about entrepreneurship. And I really realized if I want to create any sort of change, it needs to come in the form of a product or a service or something people can use on a day-to-day basis that's going to change the way they interact with in the world. Yeah. Because Mazi was great, but it was just building awareness. It wasn't actually pushing people to to take an action. It was more like, this is wrong, and you shouldn't do this, and this is the right way to do stuff. But it wasn't actually for, like, making people adjust or have a change of behavior. Um, and so I went through the ALA. I came back in 2018 after my first year, and I really wanted to do something cool. And I had this yeah. Mazi thing that I had set up, um, and I really liked the name. Because at the time, Mazi Mazi Shoko from and we were talking about like environment stuff. Um, And I remember telling guys when I came back, you know, um, I was, okay, so I was passing around in town, taking a job, and then a matatu cut me off as they do. And there's just like massive smoke bombs that just like erupted in my face. And I was so upset. I was just like, wow, hasn't anyone thought about like solving this? And, you know, people always ask, like, how do you come up with great ideas? And... The best way is usually boredom is one of the best ways to come up with good ideas, yeah? And just walking around and observing nature without any particular outcome um, or like intention in mind, but just knowing at the back of your head, I'm looking for something interesting. So my intention was set from the time I left the academy until I came here my first year. And so Matatu struck me and I've always been interested in transport. Um, and so I started telling guys, I remember I was going, coming from, uh, shout out to Kiai, our friend Kiai's place, um, with a bunch of guys, and I said, hey guys, wouldn't it be cool if matatas were electric? <laughs> and everyone was like, everyone just laughed for like a good, like, two, three minutes. And then I was like, no, seriously, what if matatas were electric? And everyone was like, in Kenya, come on, man, you you're crazy. Um, and so I said, Cool. Um, and I started where most people started said, Hey, let's put a, a solar panel on top of a Matatu. And I quickly realized that's really stupid <laughs> because you'd need about like 60 of them to power Matatu for one day. Um, and so I realized, Hey, I need to talk to an engineer. I uh, connected with my founding investor, uh, Troy, and told him, Hey, I, I want to do this interesting thing. I hear you want to do this interesting thing. Thing too. And he was like, Yeah, you know, I'm looking for someone full-time. And um, I don't know, because he had another co-founder at the time. And I told him, Look, if you're not gonna go in full-time, this thing's not gonna get done. Um, I said, I'm gonna, I'm going back to the academy for a full year, and when I come back, you wouldn't have made any progress. I've never met this guy. This is the first phone call i have on with him, and I'm already telling you how to live his life. <laughs> Classic Jesse. <laughs> so I go back to LA. I do something called a living machine, which is cool. Um, and now I have some sort of like social proof because I'm 18 at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then I come back, and I'm working at a company called uh, Synergy, doing business development. But this idea about like electric vehicles is still in my head. So I, I hit up um, Troy, and we finally meet for the first time. And I say, "Hey, man, I want to do like this. Have this cool idea." And he's like, hey, cool, you know, let's try it. He didn't end up doing it like I predicted with his co-founder, and now it was me and him. So I left Synergy, I knew I was going to leave after my four months, and I left mm-hmm. Synergy and, you know, went straight into doing Mazi full-time. I had no clue what I was doing, um, but I wanted to build a business, I was going to change the world. Um, and because I won the Zayed Sustainability Prize, which is what did my work with the Living Machine, I went back to Abu Dhabi in January of 2020, last year, and this was all before COVID. Um, and I met Akon, the singer-songwriter. I was interviewing him. That was cool. Um, he's a really cool guy, like actually a really cool guy, and slightly, almost the same height as me. He does not look that tall, but <laughs> he's a tall dude. Um, and I, I pitched Mazi and. My living machine to him and he was like hey man i want to wrap this up in 30 days you know talk to my people i'm looking to invest and i'm just like man things are going great right? and i get it for real man i get his phone number WhatsApp, and i you know i'm just like my life is this is it like i'm i'm, I'm pushing this crazy agenda mm-hmm. um, and I, i'm just rattling and that's the thing about me is i've always been incredibly stubborn at pursuing what i want to pursue Right, like, I, uh, for, like for example, Alvin was completely against going to study in the United States. <laughs> I pushed this nigga so much. I wasn't even going to study. I was like, Alvin, man, get a do SATs. It's gonna give you options. I was like, that, you know, no. I want to
1: study in Kenya. You know how much I procrastinated that year doing those SATs. Oh my days! <laughs> I don't know if you know, like. I think for fast round came. I was like, you know, nah, nah, I just want to hang around Kenya. That's where my life uh-huh. is.
0: Right. I used to say,
1: <laughs> my wife is in Kenya. Why am I going to the States? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you are, are legit. You are hellbent. hell-bent my wife is in
0: goodness.
1: Kenya. Yeah. Uh, you know that. She's in Kenya. Shout out. She knows herself. She knows herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah man continue continue
2: <laughs> yeah so um, i'm really dogged about things i want um and i will go to the ends of their sometimes very stupidly um to get them so um at the same time acorn was building acorn city and i met a couple of interesting people in abu dhabi and they said hey you know let's let's do this in 30 days i reached out and said that you know we're doing City stuff, so maybe reach out to us mid March when we have a bit more time. And so I'm also getting um, multiple uh, like investor calls, etc. And I'm ready to begin doing this. But what happens is COVID obviously hits the world, yeah. and all investors are telling me, "Hey, um, our LPs, who are limited partners, that, so um, venture capital works in the sense that." Alvin is a venture capitalist. He goes to a very rich guy, say Peter, who is now called a limited partner. So Peter invests in Alvin's fund, and then Alvin invests that money into startups for equity. Now, an equity is a percentage of someone's company. When you get equity, it's the most expensive form of investment because the return, if the company gets really big, it's super high. So I can invest fifty thousand bucks in Alvin's. Alvin well, can invest fifty thousand bucks in my company. And if we get to like a billion dollar valuation, Alvin makes like two point five million dollars. Right. So it's incredibly uh, expensive, but also a really good way to to grow and and to take on like high risk um, businesses that are not really guaranteed for success, as opposed to taking a loan or anything like that. Um, So anyway, just just to give you some terminology. So these VCs tell me our LPs have said, no investing until 2021 January, And I'm running a hardware business in Africa with no Ivy League, Stanford, like name behind me and no network to raise money from. So I take like six months of just saying, man, you know, and this time I'm not going to uni. And I'm like- Yeah, I remember. Man, this is this is this is really dumb. <laughs> like I am I am I am just risking everything here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but something was telling me, look, uh, and I kept looking at the market factors. The reason why I decided not to, to go to uni and stuff is I looked at Africa. I said, amount of investment coming into the continent is the highest it's ever been. People of our generation are becoming adults, are earning. We grew up with technologies. So people are more interested in goods and products. Um, Thirdly, population is growing really rapidly, and it's gonna continue growing. So we need to have a change in transport right now, as opposed to any other time in the future. So it answered questions for me is like, what is this needed now? Yes, is this a problem that people face? Yes, Um, am I in the right place to solve it? Yes, right. And so for me, I kept looking at those factors and I kept looking at, you know, you always ask yourself, how do I know if it's too late? And I kept seeing, There's no one who's done this as well. Not so many companies. There's no big player, you know. And I, I always say this, and I said this to my founding investor. Google wasn't the first search engine, you know. The iPhone wasn't the first touchscreen phone, right? Yahoo came before Google. And where is Yahoo now, right? So, first mover advantage sometimes is a lie, Um, and the second mouse gets the cheese. So I was talking uh-huh. to myself throughout this whole process, Alvin, uh, and trying to make myself avoid very uncomfortable feelings, but being honest, right? I believe it's super important to be honest with yourself. Um, and things start opening up, and I realized Matatus are going to be difficult to do. They're super expensive, and I can't get investors excited about one Matatu because that's a novelty item. That's sort of business, so i talked to my co-founder i said hey um let's um let's pivot strategically to borders and it's like why and i said hey look uh, borders are, are growing rapidly 200,000 borders are bought in kenya every single year um the total um, addressable market in in east africa is completely massive we can have an opportunity here and we can actually get a proof of concept with our first spikes so this is around september october so we spend a month we hire someone to kind of help us like research good bikes that we could get into as a prototype. We settled on some bikes, Um, you know, again, I've never done this before. I've never um, ordered something from China online. Um, And here I am talking to the supplier um, in a completely different country. And we finally agree and, and, you know, I'm sending, I'm doing all the paperwork and sending them cash. And I'm like, oh my God, what if this is a scam? (laughs) <laughs> um but i've just sent you know seven like it's like a crazy amount of cash to me at the time um and i'm waiting and sending me pictures and this is now around november december so it takes about a month for everything to be made by the chinese and then it gets to around january um so, when things
1: are coming in sorry to cut mm-hmm. you short but so, the Chinese are the ones who are making a prototype, so they are the ones who are doing the electrical aspect of the bikes.
2: yes, yeah, so so most of the bikes that are in Kenya right now, the electric come from China, um, uh-huh. if not all, at least motorbikes. Um, and they are really ahead in terms of the electric vehicle game just because sure. China is super pollutive, et cetera. So that's where our bikes are coming from now. Um, but we're really working on becoming more locally sourced. Um, and the, the trick about this is the, the market is super price sensitive, so, um, you know, I could come up with a really great bike with all parts from Kenya, but it'd probably cost like 3,000 bucks or 5,000 bucks and a border guy is not going to buy that, okay, so it's an interesting cost factor, I um, So it c- comes to January, you know, we're trying to beat the Chinese New Year. Um, which happened in February, because when that happens, China goes like Christmas, it's like Christmas for like two, two weeks. And so, you know, I, whatever I ordered the, the, the bikes, um, they get it to Kenya end of February and they spend two months at the port. Mind you, ideally you're given like about four days to clear your goods. Um, And I'll spend two months. And it's because I just had absolutely no clue about how to get them through. Um, And so during this period, I got COVID and, you know, I live alone. It was super terrible. I remember standing out with one of the hardest things for me to do was wash dishes. So there was an issue with um, the payment not showing up on one of the government agencies' platforms. And I had COVID and I I just need, no one else was going to solve that. So I triple masked. I like double sanitized <laughs> um, and I got on a movie and I went to sort out this problem and I sat there cold sweats trying to keep my distance because I had to right yeah. I just had to um, and I ran around and, and managed to finally solve this um, and that was just one of the many issues now when we finally finished and got our bikes out of the port I didn't have a place to keep them Okay. Uh, And so I was like hoping for like a few deals to come through, um, but it took a bit longer than I expected. So I told the guys, I said, Hey, look, um, bring them to my house. So a truck rolls up and the day before I clear out my whole living room. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And I move things uh, upstairs and stuff. uh The truck rolls in, and there are like multiple boxes just deposited all over my sitting room. And um, and at this time, I've just made a hire um, for my my chief engineer. And I've had like a the business is still going on. Now. So I'm still looking for investors. I'm still looking for partners. I'm still applying for grants and opportunities, and the, and you know trying to manage all these things. And it's just me um, that's really running the the circus. If I could play mm-hmm. it that way. So everything comes in um, and my chief engineer comes, his shout out to Pascal, smart guy. um, And I get him and I get an intern. And -hmm. for a month we spend assembling bikes in my sitting room. I think one day was super crazy. We set a deadline for uh, end of the week, which was Sunday. And we started working on Saturday at about 8 a.m. and ended up finishing on Sunday at about 6 a.m. Right, so we, we spent 22 hours working. Um and I remember so, like they completed they depleted all my food reserves, and we were obviously you know we we had ugali and like 20 eggs. <laughs> it was madness. <laughs> it was a madness. I mean, if you if you were here to see it, it was incredible. Um, and the thing is we ordered the, the bike parts in complete knockdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this means that the bike parts come. As parts they don't come like standing, so that two methods: two yeah. a complete knockdown and semi knockdown, yeah, so it was complete parts, and we had i mean in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that, <laughs> but now we have this the skill set um to assemble over two hundred bikes a month with a really, really small team that's like you know over two thousand bikes uh, a year yeah. um, and and it's just incredible so. We have done, and then I finally moved out to ECT, um, Eastern's College of Tech, which is where we are right now as MAZI. Um, and our uh, bikes have gone through a bunch of QC checks. We're developing what we call swapping stations in-house. I know I haven't even talked about what MAZI is, but um, w- when you look at this kind of story, it's a typical grit and grind and lots of moments where I really felt like giving up. And I really felt like, you know, it was terrible um, and our bikes are just about to, to launch in the next like two weeks in town mm-hmm. in the CBD. Nice. Um, it's going to be super cool. And what what in is, is doing is we sell motorbikes to individuals, businesses, fleet owners, and we own batteries as assets. Um, and one of the biggest issues with EVs, Alvin, is, is range anxiety, right? Um, and so how we're solving for that is we're having battery swapping stations. Now, a bike battery weighs about 15 kgs, which is great, um, which means you can do a hand manual swap um, instead of waiting about four to eight hours for full charge. And we know border guys need to be always on. And mm-hmm. we're also tracking the battery state of charge to ensure that if it goes beyond a critical point, we can direct the border guide to our swapping station. We're building out the swapping <laughs> station itself um, Admazi, so super cool. Uh, we're doing. I've just seen a prototype. It's amazing. Um, shout out to Denzel who designed that. Um, and yeah, I think we're just about to really get going. Um, and it's been such a journey so far. And I'm going to be raising some capital in the next few months uh, to really get us going. So I want to get to at least 100 bikes this year, a thousand bikes next year, five thousand bikes uh, by 2023. And I also want to get into like tuk-tuks, tattoos, you know, um, buses, long distance transit, and my big goal, which is a train. <laughs> you know, I want to get into it all. And, and I want to make sure that we have electric mobility that moves people around um, mm-hmm. in, in a really convenient way, because that's what we need in Africa. It's not just about having an electric vehicle if you're stuck in traffic or if you, you hate, hate life. Um, and you know that's something I want to solve. It's incredibly challenging, but you know my friends did laugh um at where I was and what my idea back then, but now there's not so much laughter um that's going on right um and you know I really think about it and i say and i you know reference elon um you if you're just stubborn and you're just Going for your goal, and you, you're you're resilient. You're all gonna make it, right? Uh, and sometimes yeah. you just keep walking, and it's just like you can't see the, you can't see ahead. It's all darkness, but you just know you have to keep walking straight, and you will see some light at the end of the day, right? And I, I mean, we're by no means anywhere near like successful or a, a stable company, um, but we're getting there. On a day-to-day basis, and people, you know, glamorize um, what, being a CEO and being a founder. I have like I went for uh, a medical checkup, and they told me your vitamin D levels are too low, and that's because I spend like two weeks in the house. <laughs> it's it's crazy, you know. So I work a lot, and I don't have a lot of time for friends, uh, um, and I think you know, at any one point in time, you should work and you should do stuff, but it's a life I choice, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, just a bit of a brief about what Baz is doing okay for quite a minute,
1: but um, no, yeah. That's, that's uh, honestly, th- just listening to you talk about all this, because, you know, I feel like when we say we're going to catch up, I don't think you've ever told me about this thing in in detail like you just talked about it right now, which is incredible for both myself and my my listeners to just learn about um entrepreneurship and how obviously everyone has a unique journey and mm-hmm. it's quite complex as we've just had in the beginning how how you actually just you know it looked like i don't know if you would say it's happenstance or just like sheer luck that you're jarving, you get out of the job one other job another job cuts you off you're like i don't really like this to be honest i really mm. don't and i want to mm. do something about it and you know people say it's it's great to have ideas but you know if you just sit on it and don't do anything about it then it just remains a concept in your mind right and i like the fact that like you said you were stubborn and you decided like you know what i'm going to do this and i remember at that time we i was asking you like um cuz i i knew you liked business and i think if strath had like business as a class you Andrew. Madenge I'm sure no Madenga likes comps (laughs) but (laughs) you and Andrew for (laughs) sure would have taken business as a class and you know I remember that time I asked you man like since you went to LA and everything you're looking at universities and colleges in the US and I think you never quite got to the one you wanted and then you're like you know I can just come back home and you know, find something to do, and perhaps hours was time. Now I don't think you pitched Marzi to me. I don't mm-hmm. recall you ever. Told no, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't pitch it to it. you. No. Um. Yeah. So honestly, I'm 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 proud of you, man. I feel like there are no other words I could use to describe what you've achieved, man. It's just, it's just. Seeing you at such, you know, a young age, man, twenty-two, bro, just doing incredible stuff. You've met Akon, man. I don't, I don't know if people realize that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> like, and you're in Abu Dhabi meeting Akon, man, and you've traveled to, you know, different countries, um, given lots of like talks, and been on various like forums, man. It's it's incredible, man. Um, I'm so, I'm so happy for you. To be honest, and I can't wait to see the future of Mazi. To be honest, um, and you know, you said you're looking for partners. So anyone who's listening to this, if you think it's a wife a worthwhile venture for you, for you, I think you should really, you know, invest in my friend's company. And I think. <laughs> You're actually right about, like, Africa and the direction it needs to take in terms of um, improving technology. I think it's high time that, you know, we we develop, how can I say it? We move away from, like, fossil fuels, whatever, whatever, and start, start looking at it at things electrically you know one of the things i love about madison is that they have like an electric bike station and you pay let's say three dot not three dollars maybe a dollar fifty cents to have the bike for an hour and it's a very convenient thing because they have stations everywhere in the city um and Like I said, like I feel like you're absolutely right. Like I think it's an opportunity that has presented itself. And like you said, you thought about it and you said, like, you know, I think this is the right time. So much money is coming into into Africa and the population's growing. And I think that's very wise of you to see that there was a there was a need. And you're asking yourself, how can I, you know, how can I feed into the grand scheme of things? And right. I think that's um, incredible.
0: You know, i was like,
2: I I don't want really, to for, for it to seem like I was just um, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to put it like
1: yeah.
2: I saw the sun. I saw the sun.
1: opened you know,
0: up
2: no my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But I looked at it and I said, look, you know, I I, I did get the colleges that I wanted. I got into a few, but it wasn't just quite the right equation. Um, And, you know, I I realized this is really the time to be on the continent. Um, If I got into like a super solid school, I'd spend like four years, five years, um, probably study economics, do five years, and then do another four or five years in in working somewhere saving up cash. And that would then put me in a position where um, I come back to Africa in twenty thirty, starting over with the connections and, and professional connections, and you know I really want to live in Kenya. I love I love that place. Would love to live somewhere else for some time, but I think I like I like living here. And so I looked at that trade off, and I said, "Man, where am I going?" You know, um, and Africa is the final frontier. And I really believe this this 10 years are going to change the direction of the whole continent. You know, it's been dubbed as the African century and stuff. Um, And, you know, I just see so many like foreign people seeing an opportunity where Kenyans should be the ones leading that forefront, right? Like even in my industry, you've got like a bunch of foreign founders um, who attract capital, you know, arguably because they're from the West and it's easier to get money from there, and you know, venture capitalists mostly look like them. Things are beginning to change, but you know, I think it's super important that we also make a play for us because we know what we need, right? Um, and I, it will be it will be terrible to kind of see the biggest companies in in Africa run not by Africans. Um, and so that's something I, I'm like super passionate about, and one of the other reasons what that really pushed me to South Um, So yeah, I'm also terrified of the future. <laughs> I, I it's just it's, it's insane, you know, but also super excited about it because right? like now I'm doing it, you know, now I'm in the thick of things, um, and there's there is a potential to fail, but you also don't think about it that way. You think about like you know. Um, I could or what if it's really, really good, you know? Um, And my relationship with failure is one in such that um, I expect it to happen. Success is a surprise. Um, Failure is a a constant. And so, you know, you fail enough times, you realize how not to do something. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the the aim is to to limit how many times you fail. To obviously, the element of being lucky and going from known to unknown, right? Like you know, the people I've met, I've always gone from known to unknown and just like creating opportunities for my business and for myself and for the people around me as well. If I see something that's interesting, I always make sure I also, you know, show it to my friends, say, Hey, I think you'll be cool to apply for that. You'll be cool to apply to this. You know what I mean? So, yeah
1: all right man thank you for sharing your journey to be honest um i think it's like i said super super incredible and it's it's great to hear about it in depth um but now we're going to switch gears Um, hello (laughs) if you saw what i did then you understand (laughs) oh my goodness nah that's Allah. it you gotta see it's good it's good mine that was a good <laughs> one sorry i give it to you i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you you know three quick questions don't think about it too much okay and the first one is what's one item you can't live without
2: what's one item i cannot live without
1: Your essentials like
2: what's essential to you
1: oh, it has I'm to be an, an object an object, okay. Yes.
2: Um that's crazy. I have to... What's what object? I can't I can't I cannot live without.
0: <laughs> uh, oh. I don't want to be like definitely
2: wow, this is tough for me. Um what's coming to mind is my <laughs> laptop um because i had a good one i had a time where i, I had a really terrible laptop <laughs> and it was so hard I, I i spent 30 minutes sending one email and it nearly killed me <laughs> um this is well, how i see i interact with the world this is my workstation so i'd say my laptop for sure
1: okay yeah, great answer. Great answer. Plus, another thing, laptops have you know various functions. So that's a exactly. fantastic answer. My second question is: How would your friends describe you <clears throat> in two words?
2: Um, one I've heard commonly is they say I am ambitious. I,
0: mm-hmm. I don't
2: believe so, but they say I'm ambitious, and um, a bullshitter. <laughs> 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 yeah that's honestly how my friend would describe
0: yeah I think
1: you're a you'd be a very convincing con man
2: I agree with that shame <laughs> convincing con man I am not a con man ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> but I would be a convincing one I, I hope so I think
1: see, I think the problem lies in that like, you know that you're lying sometimes, and you can pull off such a you know straight face. But what catches you is that you have this smile, and that's what oh, that's yes. when I know you're lying.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's that's my test.
1: So, some revealing my secrets, Alvin.
2: Now they're gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> gonna
1: gonna change the game. No worry. i am welcome my <laughs> All right. Last question for you. What's one book or movie, series, or album, music album you'd want people Mm. to read, watch, or listen to? So you can pick either of those three categories.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. I'm going to go with a podcast. Okay, I'm
2: going to go outside your rules. Um, I really love this podcast called What You Will Learn. Um, You've got all the types of books that are there. um, And they talk about like multiple books and from a very interesting (laughs) angle. So from like psychedelics to, um, you know, socialism to economics, So this is kind of like a roundabout answer um, that allows you to just have like a pick. So basically they they talk about books for like 15 to 30 minutes and then you decide if you want to read the book in depth. Um, But if I was to give a book, I would definitely say The Obstacle is the Way is a really good book. Um, I enjoyed.
1: Is that by
2: Ryan Holiday? Yes. Nice. Hey, chief. Ah? (laughs) Alvin is a book plug. (laughs) <laughs> you should share with us a reading list, man. Oh, a reading list. A list. and For share it? with your listeners.
1: Yeah. wow.
2: Let's know no, what you're reading. That'd be cool.
1: Like I said, I want to start a book club, but no one's told me whether they would like to join a book club. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'll join. <laughs> the
2: the um, problem is time zone, but I would join the book club. No, you see. I'm okay. interested.
1: I don't know if I've pitched the idea, but the idea was. Um we would form a group, maybe Instagram or something. Cause I think that would be the easiest or WhatsApp if people don't mind. And mm. what we do is we each suggest a list of maybe let's say five books or six books. Everyone just, you know, list whatever, from whatever genre, it doesn't need to be fiction and doesn't need to be nonfiction. Like it could be anything. And then, we put it through a software that does like a, you know, random shuffling produces one book. And that's what we read for the month. And nice. at the end of the month, we can share our thoughts on it. um, And people can see what they liked about it. Was it something that, you know, led you outside your comfort zone and gave you a different perspective on different things. And we do that for, subsequently like every other month, you know. Um, and I think it would I think it would just be incredible. But um currently I'm compiling a book list with my girlfriend, uh, books that we would like to read. Um but you know I think you can never go wrong with books, man. Um I think books just open a different world. And the more you I guess you read different books, the more you just get immersed in people's people's worlds and you know it's it's kind of like you break your own boundaries and just explore cuz you're being given ideas and i think it's very incredible to be honest but yes um so if you guys want a book list i'm not a yeah a book list i could i could compile a book list um i i personally read things to do with psychology um african literature um self-help books and i mean sometimes history but not too much but yeah i mean just let me know but i think it's a good idea man thanks thanks for thanks for that i feel like lately on season two my guests have been giving me very many ideas and that's that's dope um all right then i guess we're done with the three fire questions so normally um The last part would just be a very random, you know, conversation. You can, you can literally, you know, talk about anything that you would, that you'd like. Um, Well, (laughs) we're gonna go into a short break for just a bit. Um, So we'll be back in, in a few, all right so we're back from the break sorry for that um but like i was saying uh we were done with the three fire questions and now the next part is normally just random you know you can speak about whatever is on your mind but i personally um have two things to ask you or rather talk or share my thoughts on and the first thing is what does Father's Day mean to you? Like, do you celebrate Father's Day, um, and what's your relationship with, with your dad as well? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a bit of a cav ball. I <laughs> don't love you. Uh, field.
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> Do I celebrate Father's Day? Um, I think so. Um, and. Uh, my dad is, you yeah, know, traditional African father. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we don't really talk about the the mushy stuff. You know, it's like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, chief? I'm good. <laughs> I mean, everyone goes their way. So I, I don't have quite the, the very intimate like relationship with my dad per se, but um, you know, I respect him and I I celebrate him and I do celebrate Father's Day. Mm-hmm. um yeah 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 yeah. i think i think that's how i describe it he's very reserved as a person um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah so what about you what's how do you celebrate father's day what's your relationship let me go back to you
1: <laughs> uh for me obviously i celebrate father's day my i feel like my dad's a very pivotal person in my life um i mean for anyone who's met my dad just you know he's like the coolest guy ever <laughs>
0: for
1: sure um, yeah he's such a cool guy man you know I feel like he's very youthful that's what I like about him
0: he His, is not he
1: yeah he likes you know he likes connecting with everyone um and I think he's he's very inspirational I think I would personally say that I feel like I take a lot after him or take after him a lot I don't know I don't know how to say it. But I see I
2: see I see yeah yeah, yeah
1: even though I, I don't want to be like him, I feel like in some way I already am. Mm. And I thought about something interesting after listening to the uh, Mics Are Open podcast, shout out to them. And mm-hmm. one of the hosts, Andy, shared what the dad told him. And the dad told him that you see the best and worst of yourself in your children, and I was like, damn. Mm. I don't know if you've ever thought about it and you know how mm. your mom is and you wonder, or your dad and you wonder, why am I like, why am I like this? Is it because of them?
2: Crazy. I just had the and... same conversation with my mom like three uh-huh. days ago. <laughs> she's, she's like, you pick up so many things from your parents that you don't even realize, right? Monkey see, mm-hmm. monkey do, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so i love when things connect like that yeah for sure i've seen that yeah
1: yeah so obviously in a nutshell like i said i celebrate it and yeah i have a very amazing um relationship with my dad and i'm fortunate for that i know there are people who haven't gotten close to their parents and stuff but like i said I, i feel like i'm very fortunate for that and obviously i thank god so yeah, that's what Father's Day means to me. And obviously in future, I hope to be, you know, an amazing father as well. Would you like to be a father in future? <laughs> <laughs> I you have it. <laughs> um,
2: you know, I, I'm always between being a, a father of four. Um uh-huh. and I, I said this today as well, and being an eligible bachelor at 70. You know, like that's how I swing. Uh, I, but for sure not in the next like five years i or 10 years i mean i don't know but i, I
1: whenever it happens, i'm not ready
2: to be a dad uh, <laughs> not yet I, I i'm still too young I, I want to enjoy life a little bit more um before i, I have so much responsibility what you know i want to backpack across south america for example for sure. right um i mean you can do that when you have children but i just think it's more restrictive. Uh, yeah yeah so hopefully a dad, maybe maybe not I mean my mom for sure has already named my three kids oh, what, <laughs> she, what are the,
1: what are the names
2: <laughs> she, she's like, as long as one is named after me, like that, that's all I care about like your first <laughs> your first daughter has to have my name. <laughs> I'm like, um I have to talk about that with my wife, right, but she's like, ah, 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 ah. you just know. <laughs> Yeah
1: man. is you're not gonna get her blessing. She's like, nah, ah,
2: I don't approve nah. this child. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like nope. Send it
1: back, send it back. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's dope, man. But yeah, for sure. I mean, kids are are a responsibility. Um, but you know, whenever it happens, it happens. But right. I don't know, scary times, man. Scary times. I, well. I'd say in a couple of years, like seven, who, who'll be there, and some people even not even seven, maybe mm-hmm. less than seven sooner, because obviously we're all at different levels, we're on different things. So you
2: yeah, know. for sure, for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I flat with the idea of being a young dad. Sometimes it sounds it sounds appealing when you're <laughs> forty and your kids are twenty, or when you're forty-five and your kids are twenty. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's how probably my parents feel. I don't know. I should probably ask them. (laughs) Yeah, you should. You should should have them on a podcast. Yeah, I was was actually about to say that. Um, I don't know if I should have them both or just my dad or mom. I don't know. We'll see. But it's definitely like in the plans. Maybe that might be the next episode. Might decide to switch it up and just be like, yo. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I just want to learn more about your yeah. life. So please, can can we do this? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be so interesting. I'd, I'd I hope definitely so. tune in. Yeah. So the next thing I also want to talk about is passion. So the thing is, I'm currently reading a book. It's called So Good That They Can't Ignore You by Carl Newport. It's right here. Oh. Uh-huh. So... Basically, he says he describes the book as why skills trump passion in the quest for work you love.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, when people say follow your passion, follow your dream. And I I don't know, but do you recall ever giving a TED talk? And you mentioned the Japanese word. It's called Ikigai, Ikigai, but its translation to English would roughly mean reason for being,
2: Reason that.
1: So I would ask you, when we're closing, I want you to talk about Ikigai and whether you found your reason of being. But anyway, we'll get to that later, later. But something you should be thinking about as we talk about passion as well. So I want to read you a part of the book, he he um, he, he terms it as the passion, the passion hypothesis. Um, so uh, just give me a few, I have to get to that part. So he calls it, yeah, mm. the passion hypothesis. So the key to occupational happiness is to first figure out what you're passionate about and then find a job that matches this passion. Mm. So, Do you think that to find satisfaction in what you do, you must have had a
0: pre-existing passion for it? Um, Wow.
2: I think it makes sense, right? Like, um, but I also believe that passion can be developed. Sure. You know, we, we don't always know what we like and that's the whole point of discovery and serendipity and trying multiple things so i think if you have a pre-existing passion it's a pretty good place to start Um, but you know we are so intricate as human beings that i don't think it's a it's a requirement i think it's easy when it happens that way but i also think you can find passion you can slowly grow into it you can fall out of being passionate about something, you know, and that's just who we are. We evolve and keep changing. So, and that's, that's why, yes, I, I remember the TED Talk. Um, and I, I still believe um, life is like a table of food and there are different people that enjoy different things. Some people like the same thing, some people like multiple things, others are just like for choice and end up not being able to make a decision. Um, and I think it's the same thing with passion. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be my answer. Yeah, for sure.
1: I like that quote. Life's like a big table. Mm-hmm. A table of food, rather. <laughs> table of food, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I really thought about, you know, he's... I don't know if I should get... Okay, fine, I can explain his sentiments. But the author says that being passionate beforehand before like you know getting into a career or something is something that's very rare Mm. and it only happens with or not okay let me not use only but it tends to happen with athletes or things Mm. that you developed as a kid right but he says that this passion hypothesis is the reason why there's so much angst when it comes to careers people flip-flop between different things and they never end up finding what they actually want to do and he's very against the phrase of find out what you like fast and then go do it because if we if currently we don't even have ourselves figured out how how are we possibly gonna find what we actually love and like you said I I 100% agree with you that you develop passion by doing things Mm. because most times when people say like i don't know what to do or i don't know how to begin something or how this is gonna turn out people just tell you start just you know you know just do it yeah fuck it man just do it and Mm. even for myself and i feel like i've said this in another episode like for the podcast man literally I had no idea how to start nothing and you know I sat down and I thought like you know what's the worst that could happen I don't have a microphone I still don't have a microphone but audio sounds good to be honest mm-hmm. um, and I just said you know what I don't know what's gonna happen but I'm just gonna keep doing it and ironically I found out that for most of the things I personally have done, I've developed happiness and I'll say passion for it as a byproduct. because I was never passionate about, let's say, playing the guitar, for instance. Oh. I, I totally like flip-flopped when it came to the guitar. As a kid, it was something I remember my mom pushed me to do and then at some point I just wanted to play football like any other kid. And I stopped playing guitar. And then I remember mm-hmm. shout out to Moniki, Chalo, Owiti. Oh, you know, I, I remember seeing them in high school, just you know, it's play. It sounded so good. And oh, I man. really wanted to get back into it. And I kind of mm. did, but again, I feel like I did it for the wrong reasons. And again, mm. I, you know, I stopped. I stopped mm. completely. And then last summer, what happened was I lived with my friend. Uh, he's Russian, by the way. It's called Grant. Shout out to Grant. Um, he had two guitars. And I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me see where this takes me. I didn't have mm. a particular goal.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: eventually I was just like, how amazing can it be to just come home and play something for yourself? Mm. And literally, it's just for your well-being and I found out like, you know, and I like Jordan Peterson for this. He said that because we're complex beings, things like music and art move us and Mm. they take us to a level beyond the, you know, the transcendent. And he advises people to at least keep a piece of art in their home. Mm. Mostly Mm. because of just that purpose of, you know, it speaks to the soul in ways you don't understand, but I feel like I'm going around in circles. I mean, no, you're not, you're you're speaking.
2: Man, I I, I resonate with that deeply. And there's like a quote from C.S. Lewis um, that talks about like the sort of like intangible, less scientific things. And, you know, he says friendship like art, um, like music is not necessary for being alive, but just kind of like makes us feel like, you know, we are, it's the essence of life. It's not mm-hmm. a requirement, but, and I, I feel that with art, the music, um, it adds color to an otherwise black and white um, view, you know? And that's why it's like, I think it's in the left side of the brain that's more creative. Um, and, and you've you've got just that, that's, you know, so I, I really like that as well. Totally
1: agree. 100% Payan. And I feel like for the listeners, you can let me know what you think about passion and how do you think that it's necessary to have passion to achieve career satisfaction or not not only career, but let's say anything that you do. Do you think you need pre-existing passion for you to love what you do? Or do you just start and then develop passion for it or oh, right. the skills for it? And because you're, you're um, what do you call it? Like you're autonomous and you're, mm-hmm. well, I, what do you call it? Like competent? Yeah, you're competent at what you do. Is that why you love what you do? Because of those two factors. So yeah, please let me know. Um, But I would I would recommend this book. I'm only like chapter in chapter two, but it's already got me thinking about, you know, different things. And yeah, mine. Um do you feel like you want to share anything else before uh, we get into your closing thoughts? No, I mean, I, I just,
2: I just agree with you so much. And I'd say, you know, um, I think there's a distinction between pre-existing passion um, and passion. Um, if I could play it that way, um, that... I feel like being passionate about something is key, Sure. but at the point at which you develop that passion it can be either or. Um, as you said, it's difficult to have existing passion before because you don't know what you don't know. Um, but when you get into something, I think being passionate is what keeps you going as well.
1: All right, fantastic. So I guess we've almost come to the end and to close off. Like I asked Jesse, um, do you think you found your reason of being through Mazi and you know all the other things that you've been able to accomplish and your experiences? Um,
2: you know, I think that's such a, a defining question, um, and. As you know, as I told you, I, I have an existential crisis far less frequently now. But um, from 2015 to 2018, just like almost on a weekly basis, <laughs> and I just like kept thinking and thinking about how people don't think and think about their thinking and being sitting with yourself and understanding yourself. Um, and I think so. I think that the for me, MARZI is one step to a much more elaborate scheme of things. Um, sure that I believe I can achieve. And I have a life, kind of like, I don't want to say a life philosophy, but I believe in immortality. Um, And immortality in the sense of, as you said, many things are predicated by action. And action is basically the way we know that we exist in the world. Um, And therefore, action determines in many ways life. Life is very action driven. so. If I one of so my I think my key guy is if I effect an action one act on Alvin's life, so much so that he is compelled to act because of what I did, then in that way my presence is felt. And for long for as long as I am the originator of said action, then I exist. So strip away Jesse as a person, strip away um, me being remembered for me. I think what's even more beautiful, more real, is being remembered for what you did, whether or not that's directly correlated with you as an entity. So even if I die off and no one remembers me, but I've caused a change in the world that affects millions, I still live. And for me, that's the definition of being immortal, that I can continue to propagate myself through what I do, which is a very essence of what I am. is proof of that I existed. It doesn't have to be Jesse as the person, but the concept of my beliefs and my values is is what drives me. And so for me, that's my that's my reason to being is to effect change on a mass scale as I possibly can, that will have lasting impact on generations in the future. Whether or not they remember Jesse Forrester is immaterial because we all will. That's ego talking. Um, so I don't care about that. But yeah that's that's what i would say for now i believe is my reason for existing my claim to immortality
1: what's a very personal and intimate answer that you've shared i think that's that's brilliant man. um i like i like the fact that you believe that immortality is about what you've done Mm. and it can be continued to be seen for Generations to mm. come, to be honest. And imagine if people label you as a pioneer for mm. this specific thing that you began, that obviously, let's say, sparked an idea in someone else. Because I don't know if you believe in this, but ideas are not so much original, but borrowed from mm. other people and built yes. upon someone else's idea. Exactly. Totally believe that's up. that's incredible, man. Again, like I said, I'm very happy for you. Can't wait to see what Mazi does, and I feel like it's gonna change everything to be honest. Because I like how you start small with um, with uh, motorcycles, getting up tuk tuks, matatus, and then buses, and eventually Kenya has an electric train, man. Brilliant. Train. Yeah. <laughs> better than SGR. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> yeah, better than SGR for <laughs> sure. Well, mine, no. um Yeah, for thank myself, you for I don't mm-hmm. think I've found my reason of being yet. Right. Uh, but I would personally say that um I think one thing that clicked in my head was that. There's so much to be learned in the world. And I, I feel like I when I realized that it's changed everything for me, that's why I feel like I'm always doubling in different things. Right. That's the reason why I'm not staying in just one thing. I know I started out with photography, but... I found, you know, I found other things as well. And I always say like, as long as I'm expressing myself in different ways, I could I care less if someone asked me if I still take pictures, like that doesn't really matter to me because I can express myself through playing the guitar. If I hit a dead end with that and I feel, you know, a bit demotivated, I can obviously, you know, start something else like cooking, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy learning languages. I love Spanish. In fact, that's another thing I've been doing. I just never mentioned it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, Jesse tried, um, you know, finessing me <laughs> with some Spanish in the beginning.
2: <laughs> and then Alvin came with a clutch, man. And he he just got into the whole Spanish thing. And I was just like, um, <clears throat> what are you saying, bro?
1: I was looking forward. I was like, finally, someone who's speaking the language. Finally, we can have a conversation. Um, Oh man. You know, this was this this was the one time I wanted you to fake it till you make it. One time, (laughs) the one time. You just had one job, my friend. Just one job. Oh man. How hard to fake knowing the language. I mean, you could say just yes, yes, CC.
2: Sí, CC. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're you you asking me questions, and I was like, oh my goodness. Nada. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Nada. <laughs> no, no hablo.
2: <laughs> no hablo espanol. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, yeah, that's man. on a light note. But yeah, man, thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you for sharing with us your journey. And I always feel like all of you guys drop you know, so much wisdom, you know, Mm. and I think um, that's like a testament to how you live your life and I'm Mm. super, super happy for you. So, thank you very much for for your time. I appreciate it. Evan, for my listeners, thank you for your time. I know these episodes are very long, but let me tell you something. I tried thinking about how I can shorten it, but Mm -hmm. to be honest, I find literally no way of shortening my conversations with people because it's i feel like it's so rich why do i want to cut it short when i know there's so much you want to say and there's so much we can get into you know to be honest so i don't i don't think that's possible this is i've literally thought about it and i'm like there's just simply no way you know cutting it short would not do you justice right right so right yeah i'm sorry if these episodes seem very long (laughs) <laughs> but it's just that I just, I feel like when I get into it there's just so much I can talk about with someone and I also want you guys to be able to listen to you know such you know conversations um and hopefully have the same conversations with your friends or other people so anyway my I guess my hope is that you know you gain something of value from listening to other people's stories and you know if It fits in your lifestyle and you want to do something by all means you know apply it so thank you very much for getting to the to the end of this um i appreciate you guys i'm looking forward to launching the mini episodes because those ones are going to be fantastic it's going to be short sweet short and sweet (laughs) um yeah i'm 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 really mad at this <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway anyway thank you so much and i'll see you guys on the
0: next a hundred years ago the pioneers pushed west pioneers my Pioneers pushed west. Hi,